Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Get this breakdown. Post members, what's up? We're doing, Dave. Doing well, doing well. Once again, living up to the uh, moniker. There's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. <laughs> Man, I mean, here, here we are, mid-February, talking about coaching. Your staff changes here. But... Yeah, yeah just... Man, that's <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, we, well, it was Billy Napier talking last week during National Signing Day and talking about extending coaches. And Darnell Stapleton was, you know, one of those coaches on that list. And here we are, what, uh, just over a week later, uh, and him, Darnell Stapleton, going to the Washington Commanders. Did, did we expect this to happen, Dave? No. No, I don't. Um, not this one. I'll get into it a bit too. I think if one offensive line coach, I, 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 Rob Sale, I think was we, we've had that discussion kind of what preseason uh, going into 2023, maybe even during the season that maybe at some point he was likely to go to the NFL, uh, but not 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 Stapleton. So but that that will certainly be part of the conversation uh, we get into here with you guys. Uh, definitely not expected, though, um, from from what I can gather, uh, at least on my end as well. Uh, but, yeah, we got a little bit to, to get into. We'll get into that one. And then, of course, the popular topic dating back to, was it early this week? Late last week, early this week of the, the five-and-a-half win total there for Florida, matching last year's preseason expectation for Florida. Tougher schedule this year and still sitting at five-and-a-half there for Florida. So we'll get into that to your, your, your thoughts on that guys. And uh, maybe uh, a little bit of recruiting talk as well, but I think there's a, some good, some, some good discussion to be had uh, right here. I uh, will put the Darnell Stapleton part of this out for uh, everybody. Uh, I, won't, I won't do a sole episode on that, but the rest of the conversation will be just Gators breakdown plus members. Uh, so we will have plenty to discuss you want the full episode and just make sure you're a Gators Breakdown Plus member. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into the news. I'll kind of go through the history with Darnell Stapleton, my thoughts on it, and then you guys can chime in and see if you agree, disagree, your thoughts on it just in general. But, of course, Darnell Stapleton, Gators assistant offensive line coach here, you know, two offensive line coaches here for Billy Napier and the Gators. That's the way he decided to build his staff early on. Well, he's leaving the Gators for a job with the NFL Washington Commanders after spending two years at Florida. He was part of Billy Napier's initial staff. Stapleton first joined Napier, remember guys, in 2021 as an off-field assistant during Napier's final season at Louisiana. He's now been hired as the Commanders assistant offensive line coach. So Stapleton was part of this two-coach offensive line system that Napier implemented, which had, of course, mixed results. I think we go to Napier's first year in 2022 
With an offensive line led by Osiris Torrance, Florida led the SEC in yards per carry, 5.84. And the team average 213.7 running rushing yards per game in 2022, ranking 16th in the FBS and third in the SEC. Of course, guys, we know it wasn't maintained in 2023. Florida had difficulty consistently opening holes, moving the opposing defensive line, protecting the quarterback. There was a fall off from 2022 to 2023. So, of course, this creates an opening for an on-field role within the staff. And, guys, I think you probably agree. The biggest question now, what happens? How does Billy Napier fill this spot out? question remains whether Napier will maintain the the practice of having two offensive line coaches or use this as an opportunity to restructure the offensive staff. Uh, if an offensive coach were you know, to the to depart for the NFL, kind of going to what we were talking about earlier, I think a lot of us presumed it was going to be offensive line coach Rob Sell. And I think now you have to ask yourself, is that still a possibility? Is that still on the table? And if so, will it affect Napier's strategy of how he feels – Darnell Stapleton leaving. Is this just something where he has to wait and see? Is there talks behind the scenes of Rob Sale still entertaining offers or still entertaining his interest in the NFL? Maybe you know, if this situation arises, will, will Napier be compelled to, you know, fill the role with one offensive line coach or two offensive line coaches? If he decides to go that route again, we got to figure all this out. We'll just spring practice a month away. So uh, right now it's just Stapleton. But I do think, you know, with with the talk that we heard going into the 2023 season and, and Rob Sell's name in the NFL, still in the back of my mind, uh, probably keep that uh, out there as well. So, and I think to continue this going, you know, Florida now, this is another staff change since the end of last season. Most of the previous changes were on the defensive side with the addition of Will Harris, Gerald Chapman, Ron Roberts, and you know, special teams analyst Joe Houston also on the staff. But Stapleton's exit comes just days after Craig Fitzgerald and the director of strength and conditioning leaves for Boston College. So I think you got to look at it, you know, why are coaches leaving? Some people might interpret these departures as coaching seeking better opportunities. That's certainly some of the case here. This could be due to location. And working with a friend like in Fitzgerald's case or moving to the NFL like Stapleton, which is currently seen as a, you know, a more appealing move, guys. We know the NFL is kind of looking better for these coaches with all the non-college football responsibilities or the non-football responsibilities that college football coaches have. You get to just go coach football now. Uh, And think about this, guys. Napier's initial staff, his own field staff hires, Patrick Tony, William Pigler, Kerry Colbert, Corey Raymond, Sean Spencer, Jay Bateman, now Darnell Stapleton are all gone after two seasons. That's a lot of moves. Uh, Corey Raymond, Sean Spencer, look, you know, got the fired label put on them. All the other ones have been those guys moving on their own terms. So others might view these moves as a way to secure a better future, considering the significant pressure that's on Billy Napier in year three. It might be a little more stability that's out there. Uh, I think we all know it's unlikely that these changes are due to one single reason, but a combination of all these factors. So the key question here is, how does this impact Florida? It's clear recruiting is crucial in college football. We all know that. That's half the battle. And this offensive line hasn't been up to the mark since Stapleton came in with Billy Napier. And he's a good coach, as evidenced by the NFL interest. But it's important to note that he was hired as an assistant offensive line coach for Washington and not the lead coach. 
Uh, as such, of course, Florida's next step should be to find a better recruiter. Uh, I, I, I'll go there first. While there's been some notable recruits, there needs to be more. Therefore, from a recruiting perspective, this departure you know, isn't a significant setback for Florida. We'll delve into that coming up soon, but it's plausible that Napier could find a coach comparable uh, as far as coaching goes, but need to upgrade uh, need to upgrade the, the recruiting part of this. So not a major loss, but the replacement must be an improvement. While this is an unusual time to be looking for a hire. So <laughs> I think uh, uh, I'll throw all that at you guys, but uh, there's a, a lot of angles to look at this one from, but I, I don't think it's a huge loss, but I think we know what the replacement must bring. The replacement doesn't need to be another offensive line coach, in my opinion. <laughs> We need to scrap that two-coach two system. I think that's part of the question. Uh, that, that's probably the biggest part of the question. What's Napier going to do? Uh, you know, just besides a replacement, how, you know, is it just going with the off, one offensive line? I, I think he's going to stick. I, I think he wants to stick with the two, the, the two formula, the two offensive line coach formula. I, I, I think if Billy Napier had his choice, that's what would happen. Um, now, can his choice by can his choice be limited by the timing of all this? Like I said, we're in mid February. We're a month away from spring practice. The NFL calendar is messing all this up, but just a bit for college or for college football coaches right now. So, are there other factors outside of what Billy Napier wants that could just limit it to one offensive line coach? Will he have trouble finding an, uh, a replacement there for Stapleton? Is it somebody as elevated? within the staff just to have the second full-time offensive line coach. I, I I don't think that would be the case. I'd be kind of disappointed if it was an elevation just to keep that two offensive line coach system. Uh, all in all, yeah, I mean, I I, I agree. I, I, Billy Napier sees a whole lot of value in it, but I'm not so sure uh, we have seen the value pay off, whether it be on the recruiting trail, whether it be in development so far. As we mentioned, you had one good season, one subpar season. Um, like I wasn't so against the um, two offensive line coaches, Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton. There was one good year, one bad year. Uh, had Osiris Torrance, of course, he was anchored that first year. Uh, I think a lot of people do gloss over that first year um, and only remember year two. Uh, and but look, I, I, credit to some people, they were against the whole two line coach system to begin with. Uh, I don't think there's been enough either way to say right or wrong. But at, at this moment, for, for, for me, outside looking in, I do think Billy Napier would probably prefer the two offensive line coach system, but I don't. his hands may be tied here just because of all the, the, the timing of all this. Well, you've got to hire somebody. You can't just not hire an offensive coach. I mean, he's, he's put back to the term at some And we already, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's not going to do all the offensive coordinator. I mean, especially this lady, he pretty much said that. Bring one in a month before spring practice. I <clears throat> but you can't go without hiring an on-field coach. Oh yeah, he'll he'll hire an on-field coach for sure. I'm not. Um, you you did bring up a good point with hey MJ Skywalker. Can you mute your mic or whatever? I'm getting a bunch of feedback or something there. Um. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be a OC hire. I, re I really don't. That would have already been made, I, I think. I don't think this forces that issue. 
I think that's another way of looking at it. This doesn't change it. I don't think Dylan Apron says, oh, all of a sudden now I'll go hire an offensive coordinator. And no, I don't think this is how this is going to work at all. <laughs> so um, that's why another reason I look for it just to be a second offensive line coach. I think those two things combined, what we just discussed, is why it would be another uh, offensive line coach. Yeah, it just it just feels like um... – you know that both those offensive line coaches, and I don't, not, I'm not behind the scenes, but they just don't seem to make a whole lot of effort in the recruiting game. It's like we hired Gerald Chapman. It's like, you know, he just started making dividends, you know, right away. It's like I'm, you know, honestly, it's like maybe we, if Sale leaves, like maybe we need to hire another young guy to, to pair with, you know, to, to to pair, you know, like with getting Chapman. You know, maybe we should get a young guy like that. You know, I'd love to see Phil Trotwine come here, but I don't think that's happening. Yeah, especially the timing right now. And maybe we could be completely surprised on that. Uh, like I said, I do think timing plays a lot into this and makes it kind of weird. Um, but yeah, let's just go through it. Um, we'll go through 24-7 sports. And just while we're talking about recruiting right now, um, you know, Jordan Herman from Community College in Billy Napier's 2022 initial recruiting class. Uh, Livingston, who's now you know more tied in there, but he was labeled as an offensive tackle. But Jalen Farmer, Christian Williams, David Connor. That's your offensive line from the initial uh, 2022 recruiting class. There's nothing. There's there's nothing there. Uh, and we go to 2023. Let's go to offensive line. And then you had Roger Kearney, who was 147 overall. You know, Caden Jones, a four star. Najee Harris, who I think will be getting a whole lot of you know many many snaps coming up this year. Bryce Lovett um, there, but nothing. There yet, those guys were freshmen last year. Najee Harris seems to be the furthest along. I think we all expect something big from Roger Kearney maybe this year to start seeing. Um, you know, he, he's the highest rated recruit uh, on the offensive line uh, for for Billy Napier in that 2023 cycle. And then we go to 2024, the cycle that just happened, and that was of course led by Fletcher Westfall. He was 128 overall, a four star. You got Mike Williams and Noel Port Jagan. Uh, there from 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 Germany, of course. So not a lot that stands out. You know, Westfall and Kearney being the two top offensive linemen they've brought in so far. But yeah, I mean, there's been this. There's, there hasn't been a can't miss guy. There hasn't been the the linchpin. There hasn't been what you would look at and say, "Wow, blow you away" along the offensive line. I know that's been quite a while for Florida, but. Yeah, I mean, there hasn't been a whole lot to jump up and down about. Uh, and looking, I said coming into this 2024 season, if you went this two off, if you really believed in this two offensive line coach approach, and recruiting hasn't been outstanding, well, that must that, that that means the development better be there. And now with this move, does does that hamper uh, a bit? You know, and what happens? Leading up to spring practice, in spring practice, with a new face in there. If it's going to be, you know, a two offensive line coach system, you still got to have a new face in there. And I'll bring up the whole Rob Sell situation again too. You know, hopefully, hopefully he sticks around, so there is a familiar face there. But if for whatever reason he decides to leave too, then this development that I was banking on for the 2025 season, that I mean, I, I think that's what we had to bank on. There hasn't been a huge talent infusion along the offensive line. This two offensive line coach system was going to have to pay off in development. Well, that's going to take a step back. See, my thing, David, is is I I don't understand why we have to have two offensive line coaches. No one else in America does this. 
Um, and go ahead, go ahead, and finish your thought, and I'll look up the quote from Billy Napier. And another thing is, uh, with a with a shrink program, are we going to promote within, or are we going to go try to hire someone? I think promote from within. That's where I think. And that's where it's at right now uh, in the interim. Um, maybe the Billy Napier takes his time with this a little bit. I, 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 in the end, I think it probably ends up inside, but that that's, that is me guessing. I, there, that is no inside info or anything like that. That's just me guessing. I mean, I do, I do like that. Go ahead, guys. Now, I was I was just gonna say say that uh, I did like the, the promotion from within with 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 Callie James. Like, I think he's a rising star. Like, I think that I like that they made him like assistant D line coach. And I'd rather them just like try to groom you know David Doker to to, to, to back up you know yeah Billy Gonzalez because you know he's gonna retire soon. I'd rather them do that than than get another you know O line coach. I'd rather you know start grooming him. He's probably a better recruiter than Billy Gonzalez is right now. I wish I had saved it, but it was the question I asked Billy Napier at his initial press conference of how he was going to um, fill out his staff. And I can't find the exact quote, but I mean, he told us right away. Didn't you give the secondary as an example? Yes, yeah, that's that's why I was trying to find the actual quote. But you got two coaches for the secondary. So yep. Why not? You got coaches. Line. That was his reason. Yep, you got coaches for cornerbacks and you got coaches for safeties. So he used that as an equation for offensive line as well. Got one coach to coach your center and your guards, and the other one to coach your tackles. And that was uh, the way he explained it. He he equated it to. Uh, secondary having two different coaches as well. So, uh, but that's not always the case either. Um, you know, there are, uh, we, we've seen it. Um, there is a secondary coach that handles corners and safeties. And there's, of course, uh, one offensive line coach uh, as well. And look, there's a ton of assistant coaches and analysts, and that may be broken up that way too from inside guys to outside guys. Uh, but for own field, two offensive line coach, you know, it is pretty rare out there. We also right. only have one deep stretch now. Yeah, I know. I know Armstrong. Yeah, Armstrong did help out there uh, for the safeties a bit last year. Yeah, but, but yeah. to me, thus far, the safety, uh, the two, the two defensive back coaches, and the two offensive line coaches, to me. Has not paid off yet. No, it hasn't. Like I said, and this year was it was going to have to. I mean, it was. This is what I, I didn't know if it was going to pay off or not. But what I'm saying, the way to sell it or the way to say it was worth it is the development for this 2024 season. We were going to have to see it pay off. Let's see. I thought I almost found that quote, but oh well. We we we, we got it there. We, it's just we, a we, lot we, of turnover for a coach, and, and you know, after two seasons going on year three, I mean, it's just really, really a strange situation. And I know NIL and you know all that is a 
major factor, but it just kind of got to wonder. Is it, there's, something, there's something behind the scenes of Florida that, that this keeps happening. Like the, the, the future just is bleak. I, I can't, I can't, I can't tell. It seems awfully weird that all this keeps happening. I mean, the coaching turnover, especially, is just. Well, well, Dave, I, you know, uh, about this time last year, I went on the chat and, uh, you know, maybe I might have sounded a little negative about it, but I did mention something about coaches leaving like they were leaving, uh, you know, and it, and it's not so much that coaches leave a, a place, join a place. That's not what I was talking about. I'm talking about when it concerns us. It doesn't look like that the coaches are all in for Florida is what I am. You know, I'm, I'm thinking along the lines of, do we have any former Gators that are assistant coaches or something? Are any of them interested or something? Because we need buy-in right now is what it looks like. And I think these guys are just like mercenaries right now. You know, this kind of just, well, get on, get off kind of deal. I mean, they're not, you know, the, it doesn't seem like the seriousness level is there anymore for for us for Florida. You know, uh, you know, you look around the the conference. I mean, you got to look at everywhere, but just around the conference, most of the best teams don't have a whole lot of turnover in, in, in coaching. Not a whole lot. I mean, every team has some, but not a whole lot. Continuity is is key, man. Yeah, uh, on that note, I think you have to look, you know, Kentucky's went through offensive line carousel uh, the last few years. Uh, Missouri just lost, a, you know, their defensive staff or defensive coordinator, at least to LSU. Uh, LSU's had a bunch of turnover, um, and they are winning uh, despite it. Uh, but they've had a ton of turnover the last uh, couple of years since Brian Kelly's took over. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's something to be said. I, I think we're in a weird time right now. Um, when there is a success and there's the state of college football and the NFL comes chirping, I don't blame a lot of these coaches for, for, for making that jump. There's a lot to do in college football right now, especially, you know, we, we used to, you know, kind of just joke. It's more than just recruiting in football now. I mean, it's recruiting high school players, just recruiting your own players. It's dealing with you know, personalities and it's now, and then the football part of it comes. It's it's football first. So. Well, I'm agreeing with you, Dave, but it kind of helps to have, have a, a yeah. Heisman trophy went on your team too. So <laughs> just saying, you know, well, what was really odd to me is, is I know Bill O'Brien and Fitzgerald are really good friends but him only being at Florida for five weeks and then taking off, I mean, I could have understood if it was, you know, a situation to where he was at Florida for a year and then said, hey, you know, I'm considering taking the Boston College job or whatever, you know, strength and conditioning job. Just five weeks, though, that's still a little bit alarming to me. It does sting. And, you know, Will and I talked about it the other night. It it, it was a unique situation. I mean, it it stinks for Florida. Like, it took that exact situation. Like, if it had been, like, if he was coaching in New York or Boston, that that, that happens, that move happens. But anywhere else in the country, I'm not sure it happens. If Bill O'Brien is coaching in 
in, if he's coaching in the West Coast, if he's coaching in you know Texas or Oklahoma or a school there, this move probably doesn't even happen. But it it took the perfect storm. Now I'm not I'm not trying to make an excuse. I'm looking at it from Fitzgerald's side. From the Florida side, it stinks. I, I, I it, it, you know we we heard Trayon Webb on Gators breakdown. A lot of the strength and conditioning and all the difference that was going on, you know, from the Florida perspective, this sucks. Uh, but from the Fitzgerald perspective, I, if I was him, I can see myself making that same move. Right. Um, we can continue on this conversation, guys, but the way I want to continue it on and what I don't see a lot of people bring it up. And one of my first thoughts and this was, we got a big-time offensive line commit uh, target making his commitment on Sunday. And that's Peyton Joseph. And he stressed how much of a relationship that he has with Stapleton and Rob Sell. As far as I can gather right now, I don't think this move hurts the chances of getting him. But that's another reason I brought up Rob Sell earlier and the NFL interest. Like He needs to stay on staff, I think, right now, as we sit here on a who I don't know what when when you're listening to this, if you're not listening to it live, we're recording on a late Thursday night, or not late Thursday night, but 7:30 Thursday evening. Peyton Joseph commits on Sunday. Right now, my pick would be Florida, as long as Rob Sell's still on staff. Uh, but I think you gotta, even if he commits to Florida on Sunday, we gotta we gotta watch what Rob Sell does. Uh, and if and like and I'm, and I'm not trying to hint at Rob Sell doing anything, but I'm just going back to the interest that we heard. College football is weird right now. We've seen all the moves on Florida staff recently. I'm not shutting the door on Rob Sell uh, not being a part of this staff. So right now, he's on staff. I think Peyton Joseph would, would commit to Florida on Sunday. But if anything happens between now and then or even down the road, if Joseph commits to Florida on Sunday, uh, I could see him decommitting because while people you know, want some of these moves to be made with Stapleton and, and, and Sell, it would hurt. There would be an effect uh, for Florida, and we we just discussed the recruiting aspect, and this would be this would have been an example of it getting better. Uh, Peyton Joseph's one of the top interior offensive linemen in the country, and you're from the state of Georgia, yeah. and you were fighting Georgia. For, uh, he, he moved past Georgia, but had a lot of love for Florida State this time a year ago, uh, and right now Florida seems to be the team to beat as we go into his commitment on Sunday. But that is an angle of this right now is. You're losing a coach before one of your top targets make his decision on Sunday. Gators Breakdown Plus, starting at $3 a month. Link is in the description, and you get access to all these features. You get extra episodes. You get access to the Discord server, where you get to have text chats. Hey, another big bonus, ad-free Gators Breakdown episodes, Q&As, giveaways, custom shout-outs, all that at Gators Breakdown Plus. Link is in the description. Come join us. 